Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 237 of Dude and a Monkey. Um, my name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. Uh, so, this might be a short, sharp show today, because we've just, we, we've had technical problems, like, up the fucking wazoo. Like, to be fair, if this show actually makes it out, I'll be kind of surprised. Yes, so will I. This, this, this show could end up being a, just, just a chat for me and you about movies, yeah, <laughs> movies that never be, sees the light of day. Fuck, it might well be, though. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, um, there's no difference between the Patreon show and the normal show this week, just because we... Like, it's literally five past nine in the evening as we're recording this. Um, yeah, and, so, and we, we have been actually chatting for about 20 odd minutes just trying yeah. to get the fucker going. Yeah, so uh, pretty rough, pretty rough. Um, normal service should, well, will resume next week as I'll actually have a fucking laptop then. So uh, we're literally record like, Mark's had to borrow his daughter's laptop to record this tonight, so... Uh, I have, that's yeah. How, that's that's fucking... And I'm literally on Skype on my phone, so, uh, yeah, fun times. Um, so, what have we got? We have got a triple banger for everybody this week. Um, Mark, have you eaten, by the way? I have not eaten. Fuck's sake. Right, okay. If you want to... Like, dude, if you want to eat while we're fucking recording, just, like... No, I'll, 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 eat, I'll eat after. I, I, I can eat quite late. I'm fine with All that. right, fair enough. Um... <laughs> So, forgive me, I am full of cold at the moment. So, right. Um, this week we've got a triple banger of a film I literally watched three weeks back. So, Mark's <laughs> really going to have to help me out on this one. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, the Netflix original uh, block $90 million blockbuster, Bright. And the Hugh Jackman starring... Um, what the fuck? That is the, uh, the greatest showman. Um, so... Mark suggested we skip trailers and whatnot, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I will just say, while I was waiting for Mark, I watched the, the trailer for Disney's Nutcracker in the Four Realms, and that looks like a nightmare. So, <laughs> um, yeah, very good. Um, yeah, okay, so, so we'll just get on. What do you want to start with? Let's start with let's start with Jumanji because uh, I think if if we get the further away we get from you about actually seeing it, you might forget that it actually existed and just start reviewing the original Jumanji. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, so Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle is directed by Jake Kasdan and stars uh, Jack Black, Karen Gillan, uh, well, Dwayne Johnson, obviously um, the the other one, Kevin Hart. That was it. Bobby Cannavale and uh, Nick Jonas. Um, so. It's uh, it is a, it is a sequel to the uh, the original. It's not a reboot. Fair play. Um, there there are nods. Uh, so basically, the Jumanji game has had to kind of update itself because even like, weirdly, no one plays board games anymore. But I think board games are probably more popular than like eight bit or sixteen bit games. So that I don't know. It's kind of gone back around the other way. But anyway, um. A bunch of high school kids find themselves sucked into a video game where they basically become avatars that are not like themselves. Uh, excuse me, I've got to sneeze in a second. Achoo! Oh, God. What a clusterfuck. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have to... Thank you. They have to survive the, uh, the world of Jumanji. Uh, so, Mark, what did you think of Jumanji? Welcome well, to the jungle. Sorry. Fuck's sake. Uh, it's the thing is with Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle because the thing is I, 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 Jumanji doesn't really have like a place in my heart or anything like that um, in the sense that I, I just I watched it and I was seeing it at the cinema as a kid and going it's fine and I, I, I think everyone just kind of thought it was fine. I didn't really realise that it was held up in the esteem that it's held up. Yeah, uh, I agree. And yeah. it was kind of one of those where it, it, I think it's only quite far after it that it's been it, it, it's it's lauded um, as being a great family entertainment movie. I tried rewatching it since and just again gone, it's fine. Um, but I was looking forward to this because it's um, you know it, it's it's a new Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie and it, his movie is usually quite entertaining. Uh, it seemed to the trailers made it look like it was going to be a fun kind of actiony uh, romp away, and that's kind of what you get. It's um, it, it, it's the the idea of, of the way that Jumanji has morphed itself um, into a game and then. You know them playing it as this retro game. It, it's kind of quite cool. I thought the 
the, the kids seemed all right. They were very generic. Um, but then once you get into Jumanji, it's the the way that these different people are assimilated into the Avatar characters. I, I thought worked quite well, and you've got you've definitely got four playful enough um, actors there who were okay with kind of making fools of themselves but also actually kind of looking really quite fucking sweet and cool while they're doing it from the trail i thought that jack black i was worrying that he would be too many kind of um youth catchphrase-iness but he actually he wasn't he he kind of got into it adapting the mannerisms that were over the top but kind of fit quite well and you had all that and it, there was there was kind of like a sweetness to it that that I quite enjoyed in the sense that it was all it's trying to do is be an entertaining movie I think for kids between the age of about 9 and 13 and that's the market it's looking at and hoping that you know some parents will enjoy it and some folks like us uh, will enjoy it uh, as well but it very much is just trying to do that and it did that really quite well and I there was a few there was a I, I, I had one moment uh, where you know when you laugh so much that you're actually that you actually want to stop laughing now and then you stop but you're still kind of like chuckling and then, and then your brain goes and says the moment that you were laughing at a second again and you just go off again I had that for a good three or four minutes and I haven't had that since uh, 21 Jump Street what was that moment what was it the moment uh, where, you know, the end bit where all the, um, towards the end kind of like level bit, I suppose, yeah. where all the lights go up and then Dwayne, uh, on that path, then Dwayne Rock Johnson sort of says, um, I think I need to climb and starts climbing the thing. And uh, Nick I... Jonas turns around to Kevin Hart and goes, wow, he's really good at climbing. And he's like, and Kevin Hart just goes, yeah, it's it's one of his, one of his skills. And he goes, all oh, right. And he goes, Cake makes me explode. <laughs> that's that for, just it. That it's the because he's a he's a proper professional comedian, Kevin Hart. So he has yeah. great comedic delivery. It's just the way he delivered. Cake makes me explode. <laughs> nice. But it fucking killed me. And the good thing was it killed Becky as well. Nobody else. Everyone else in the cinema. It was a mild chuckle at best, and we were gone. Both of us like gone, and then because each of us were were laughing, we were it was making us worse. It was that contagious laughter. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, so we were good. just fucking gone. But yeah, I I I, I thoroughly enjoyed. It. What what did you think? Yeah, I had a really good time with it. Um, it's um, I mean, it's kind of surprisingly so to be honest. Um, I thought the the the, the kind of the body swap aspect of it was was a, a very nice layer to add onto the whole uh, the whole proceedings um and i think i mean jack black i know you you kind of spotlighted him but he's terrific yeah um, he is it, it like he's really really fucking good in this um and just the way that he actually gives the 16 year old hot girl trapped in the portly man's body some depth um, yeah he gives her an arc yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. It is a genuine arc, and um, I, you know, fair play. Um, I, I mean, I think the the third act when it has to get more outright actiony, um, maybe slightly. It, it's I think it slightly peters out. I think it's maybe because Bobby Cannavale is is basically just quite the two dimensional threat, and. To be honest, the jungle feels more of a danger than he does. Yeah, um, it, 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 yeah. It, it, did it feel a little bit like they didn't really know where to go with that? So it just kind of happened quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, so you know, I mean, whatever. But I, I like, I liked Reese Darby. I like, you know, the, the kind of the NPC aspect of his character. I thought was fun. And I, I, I like the fact as well that it looked like it was shot on real locations and not really studio bound for quite yeah. a lot of it as well. Um, there's a film we'll, we'll be discussing later, which I thought did feel very studio bound and very green screen. And that, I, I, that was a problem I had with, with that film. Um, but yeah, this, this, this doesn't, um, I mean, 
Dwayne Johnson's doing his thing. Karen Gillan gets to do being funny and charming, but also ass kicky, which is kind of what she does. Mm. Um, Kevin Hart's not stretching himself, you know, but it, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just it. I thought it was a, a very pleasant time, and it feels like a good, solid second choice after Star Wars in this period. I mean, it was interesting. Apparently, last Thursday was the film's best day so far at the US box office. Which was is, it? Which is kind of, yeah, it, it's kind of weird. Or maybe it was the UK box office, one or the other. But just in so much that it's like Star Wars has been seen. What It's like family's second cinema trip of the Christmas, of the Christmas period. And Jumanji's like the second choice for everyone. Um, and, I, you know, I think that's absolutely fair enough. But, it, you know, it's fun. I'm glad to see it's doing well. I, I don't necessarily think it needs a sequel at all. Uh, or at least not with these characters. But I'd be intrigued to see, you know, another random foursome thrust into it. That That could be quite fun. Um, you know, take the overall concept, but with different actors, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you, there's plenty of actors that I think that would be game to do something like that. And like you say, it wouldn't... Unless unless they fucking somehow got dragged into a sequel to the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle game. Uh, but then it, it, it would seem... I think they'd, they'd run out of ideas because they were starting to run out of ideas during this one a little bit. Yeah, no, quite. Yeah, I mean, the, like they have their arcs, and it's like, well, what you're gonna put them back in those bodies and do what now? You know, it, it does kind of feel like it would run out of steam a little bit there. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I very much agree. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's weird as well because Jake Kasdan is always has been a director. It kind of feels like he's always been kind of around, but has never really made good. Um, so it was kind. Of, it was weird that he was kind of given the reins to do this, but I think he does a, a decent job. Um, you know, he gives everybody ample time in the action sequences. Though the ending, I don't think, is all that great. The action sequences are well done. Uh, the production value, I think, is all up on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a good, solid, undemanding time, and it, it feels like it'll be a good rewatch, like gentle rewatch for the future. Well, that's it. It feels like a good kind of entry into this, uh, into the, the genre that it is, the, the, you know, the family film genre. Um, and there was no, it didn't try and go to innuendo down that line or anything like that. It, it, it stayed quite clean and just, quite funny throughout to be honest like, and I quite enjoyed that about it the fact that it's it, it's very much pitching to to its audience and the same audience that, that Jumanji pitched to um, right. which is which is quite refreshing for sort of these kind of comedies because sometimes you can watch comedies that are around this kind of mid-level there and you watch them going that's a little bit that's a little bit you know close that <laughs> yeah yeah sure um, which it was quite nice that, that, that this wasn't, um, and like I say, all, all, all four leads, you know, deliver on it. Uh, I, I liked the um, the computer avatar characters, uh, computer um, characters, in the fact that they just wouldn't, that they did just talk like a computer game would talk, and that's all you got out of them. That was a nice, clever little touch. Yeah, and like the whole like they interact with them, and they've got like one or two stock phrases which they just repeat over and over. Yeah, 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 yeah quite. Yeah, I, I, I did quite, I did enjoy that. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really, it was a really entertaining watch, and I'll, I'll be looking forward to kind of, kind of catching it again when it crops up on Sky, Netflix, or whichever one it's going to crop up on first. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a definitely not shit on it. Yeah, as am I. Uh, and I'll just have a check to see what our audience thoughts on that were. That was. Come here. Jumanji 2. Definitely not shit, 67%. Uh, Touching Cloth, 7%. Shit, 20%. And Geostorm, 6%. Wow. So universally positive, I'd say, really, though. Yeah, Geostorm was used. Very good. Um, speaking of Geostorm, The Greatest Showman. 
It's directed by Michael something. Gracie. Gracie, that was the one. Thank you. Starring Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Michelle Williams, um, Rebecca Ferguson. I was just thinking Scandi Angry Woman. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Scandi Angry. Scandi Angry. Uh, 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 fucking Zendaya and um, some other folks. So, uh, this is an original musical with uh, songs written by the lyricists behind uh, La La Land. Um, the, the songs from La La Land. Um, and it's about P.T. Barnum, the um, kind of infamous um, circus raconteur guy uh, here, played by Hugh Jackman, who um, creates his museum at first and then circus and uh, kind of gets... Uh, blinded by the the showbiz lights. Uh, Michelle Williams is his wife. Rebecca Ferguson is the will they won't they romantic affair interest woman, and uh, Zac Efron is his business partner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, I already know what Mark thinks of this film, which I, I quite frankly I'm delighted by. I'm tickled by. Um, and uh, yeah, Mark, what did you think of the Greatest Showman? Um, I, I I I thought it was fantastic. I had a, I had an absolute blast with it. Um, it was it, it it was just a really nice warm hug of a movie uh, that yeah that I think is uh, and as I said to yourself on, on WhatsApp last night because what I'd say is me and him don't usually discuss films until the podcast. Indeed. Uh, we we don't we kind of we try and avoid it to, to kind of like those things crossing especially me I, I I hardly put out my feelings on films at all yeah, yeah. and so I spoke about them on the podcast but I kind of had to on this one because I just I I enjoyed it that much I was like I thought it was fucking great um, and it, yeah it was it, it's I could see why if it doesn't grab you you could not get on with it and uh, it can look quite sort of rough around the edges and it can seem a little bit it's because it, it's not a it, it in no way is trying to be a a musical biopic of P.T. Barnum it's not if you want a biopic of P.T. Barnum you're going to have to wait because this isn't it it's kind of a snapshot of things that he kind of did set to music <laughs> which do you know what I'm supposed to quote which which you know what when that music is being sung by Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron yeah I'm fine with that I'm, I there was I, I it, it completely it got me it grabbed me and went and went right here you go we're going to take on this ride and we're going to throw in these songs and I was there going this is fucking brilliant. This is fantastic. I, I know that it looks weird. I know that this doesn't make sense. I know, this, but but wait a minute. Zac Efron's about to sing. I'm fine. I'm fine. I was even fine with the fact that Zac Efron didn't take his shirt off. I was even fine with that. But yeah, I I, I thought it was an absolute delight, and it will be in my top ten of the year. Fucking hell! Right. Okay. So this film's 105 minutes long. Yes. And when I saw that runtime, it was like it's fucking. Hugh Jackman musical it's an hour and 45 minutes long and after I came out I'm thinking right there are so many random cutaways and so many like weird narrative leaps and it kind of a part of Barnum's arc which felt missing that it was like it's got to be a longer version there is yeah there's a two hour 20 minute version yeah uh, you know which uh, was then cut down. Uh, James Mangold oversaw a week of reshoots, got a seven-figure sum for it, apparently, mm. uh, which is something. Fucking hell. Um, and this film has got kind of cut-and-shut job, kind of all over it, I think. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, it's... I, I, think it's rubbish but it's supremely watchable rubbish um and not in a so bad good way like i genuinely enjoyed my time watching the vast majority of this film um 
I, you know, a number of the songs are really, really solid. Um, but I don't know. There's this kind of ADD quality to the whole thing. Even at the start, where you've got the old school 20th Century Fox logo. Yeah, and, that, and that was weird. Stra- yeah, and then straight after that, a new 20th Century Fox logo. Mm. And it, and it's like right okay you're so you you're trying to say this is like kind of like the grand tradition of old old music, movie musicals but new and it's just like no 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 um, <laughs> yeah that that I did think cause at first when when that when that that old school Fox logo came out I went I thought ooh that's a nice touch wait a minute what what yeah oh huh? that makes sense <laughs> and it's. I, I mean, I admire the confidence in itself, where it's recalling, like, through it, it recalls songs sung earlier on, almost like it's like, hey, that one was a belter, wasn't it? That one, how do you get the feels? Let's let's fucking rinse that again for you to get a bit more tears out of you. And it's, no, no, I'm not too sure about that. Um, and the thing, like... I'm not entirely comfortable with how they leave it with him and the people of his circus, where it goes from he basically shuns them to he realises he needs them again, but then they're just ready to take him back straight away. And it I don't know. It kind of felt like there was a section missing there where they're pissed off with him or he properly apologises for the way that he was with them. But yeah, which is fine, but that can be a different fucking movie. There can be a different movie that explains P.T. Barnum doing all of that stuff, because because you forget the fact that they make up via a song. But, but yeah, I mean, they kind of... But the thing is, it's like... And they all get drunk. But, yeah, no, I... There's a drunk fine. midget, Ian. Yeah, no. A drunk midget. No, fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough, there's a drunk midget. The thing is, that scene starts with Jackman sitting by himself in that bar, and then the midget comes along. And the midget seems relatively cool with him. And then everybody else does as well. But the last you saw of them, he was basically saying, right, get them to the back, watching fucking Rebecca Ferguson, so no one else knows they're there. And then, he, know, and then and, he and then he pisses off to and then he and then he fucks off, you know. And it, it just it's a bit, I you know, if I agree, a proper biopic of Barnum would address that. But they throw those balls in the air, but then don't bother catching them. And like just the the placement of this is me, I thought was really weird as well, because it's like it, it's this sad moment where they're like. Whether he doesn't want them in the same room as the, the hoi polloi, and then they break out. This is me, but it's like, well, I, I don't. I, it's cool that they feel like that and that they're singing that song, but I don't quite get the connective tissue as to why they're singing that at this particular moment. There, there were things like that through this film where. It just, it didn't quite add up to me. And, but, if there was a two-hour, 20-minute cut of this, this that was publicly available, I'd watch it. Because I think there is a better film in, a better and less silly film Yeah, the one I, that I, is here. I, I think that there's one with a little bit more to it that they've cut down to get it under two hours. Um... And I think I, I don't. I don't just mean under two hours. I think they've cut it down to get it to an under two hour cinema trip. I think that is the thing. I think it's they want almost it. there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about there with that. So if you if you knock off the fact that people are going to leave when the credits start rolling, you've got a two hour cinema experience from sitting down with with trailers to leaving the cinema. I think you've got a two hour cinema experience there. And I think with that, I think they've cut it down to that and gone, do you know what? We can get by on the fucking songs and everything and possibly even, you know, nowadays, director's cuts and things like that are are becoming, or extended cuts, have become quite regular nowadays. You know, there's a 
extended cut or something. I can't remember that that came out earlier on this year. Baywatch. Um, Baywatch. Well, Baywatch was an extended cut of Baywatch, but there's an actual a, a film that people liked beyond just me. Um, I like Baywatch. I like Baywatch. I think it was really good actually. Um, but I can't remember what it was. There was something, someone was saying that there's an extended cut. But anyway, it'll probably come to me. So it wouldn't surprise me if an extended cut does get made available. You'll get it when you get the um, the iTunes copy or the 4K or whatever. But it's um, it, 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 that certainly will have a little bit more to it than this, whereas this is just right. How can we cut out as much as possible between these songs? And that's what it felt a little bit like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, but even within that, even in scenes, there's odd stuff. Like the Zac Efron and Zendaya going to the theatre, and then who just so happens to be walking by? It's Zac Efron's parents. And, you know, and Hugh Jackman get, gets off the train, and Michelle Williams is there with the kids, and shit, the circus is on fire. You know, it just, I don't know, there's... there's I. There's just contrived stuff like that, which just, you know, just singled itself out to me and kind of took me out of it. But then you've got This Is Me. You've got that, the, the, the Zephron Zendaya sequence, which, you know, the, the, with the fucking ropes and stuff, which was great. Which was great. And you've got the Zephron and Hugh Jackman bar song. Yeah. Yeah, which, which was which, magnificent. Which, which is cracking as well. You know, I mean, that's the thing. There are there are good there are good good musical numbers here that are like interesting to look at and well directed. Even though none of it looks like they even try to attempt to make it look like it was actually sung on set. Um, I will say that, like it all, it basically feels like they've muted the set sound and you're just hearing an ADR and vocal track. Um, like, it, like the sound mixing, I thought was actually weirdly. This is this is fucking technical, but the sound mixing felt weirdly flat to me um, throughout this film. I, see, uh, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, yeah no, I, it like literally, it it kind of sounded like they just stuck a CD on. Uh, and maybe I don't know. Maybe the speakers were a bit fucked in my screening. That, or something, yeah, that, that 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 sounds a lot more. Like it was the speakers in your screening because it's it was fucking booming in hours. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, yeah, maybe then. But um, yeah. So I, I, it just, I, I don't think it's a very well-made film, or at least this edit is not. And I thought it was, it was what I was alluding to earlier on. I thought it was very setty. I thought it was very green. Screen. But I think, I think that was very intentional. That, it, was, it, it was the kind of the point. Yeah, but it, it, it's intentional. I think it was supposed to be. I think that was it. it, it that was very much a nod to. The thing is. What what I actually liked about it was was that, because years ago I remember reading that um, even Hugh Jackman was actually attached to this one, but they were actually looking at doing a a P.T. Barnum biopic, not necessarily musical, but a P.T. Barnum biopic that was going to be directed by Baz Luhrmann, with Hugh Jackman as P.T. Barnum, and that would be a gaudy CG nightmare. Whereas this, I liked the, the sweetness of the fact that it felt like it was, do you know what? If P.T. Barnum was around now, this is the kind of shit he'd be doing. <laughs> yeah, no, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I think there's something better in there, but I enjoyed myself. Thing is, I, there might be a better movie in there, but I just don't know whether I'd enjoy the better movie. As much. That's yeah, no, no. I mean, that, that might well be the case. I, 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 you know, Hugh Jackman can kind of like uh, can can basically atone for a lot of film the, the film's sins. I think he's he obviously is giving his absolute fucking all to it, um, and I think all the cast are all the cast are very very game. What I'll uh, say is Zendaya gets more to do in this than she does in fucking Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, too right she does. She's, uh, I, I, 
she's quite charming in this, I think, as well. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anybody that's not. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is, is charming in a way that you perfectly fucking su- summarised to us on, on yeah, what's let's, that. Let's, let's maybe not go down that route. But, the other night, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, it was, it, it was, she's very, she's very charming in, in a way. And the, the girl that they had singing for her um, had a hell of a voice. Yeah, quite. I, 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 but I mean, there's a balmy aspect to this film which I quite enjoyed. I mean, the bit where it's like, you know, let's go see the Queen. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like right. The thing okay. is that that happened. No, I'm sure it did, but it, I, I, I felt for sure it was a dream sequence for a good couple of minutes. It was like, right, what's going on now? And the and the him riding the um, oh, the elephant, the elephant the, to the um, to the, the theatre. Jeez. Again, the fucker did that. Yeah. P.T. Barnum did that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, it's, yeah, I, I, fair enough. Fair, it, it just is balmy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I don't think he did that in that context, though. Surely it was just like, right, I'm going to go and see the missus. I'll get on an elephant. <laughs> he, he, he literally, he literally, he did. He literally just turned up to the theatre once that he was going to see. What is it, Miss with it? After a show, and he turned up on the fucking elephant. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Fine. Um, yeah. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm, for the second time, I'm going Geostorm. Um, it's fucking rubbish, but I would, I would say, if you want to have an entertaining, stupid fucking time at the cinema, like genuinely, I think it's stu- it is a stupid film. Sorry, and and that that is me belittling it, but. It's a very, very silly film. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a geostorm. For me, it's a definite not ship. I think it's an absolutely charming Good film with great songs. And it's a... I, I, I just... I had a, a really, really, a really nice time with it. And I'm, I, I'm, I was... I was very much taken with it. Uh, and I'm very glad I was. Because it's, it's nice to walk out of the cinema going... Literally, Beck said to me, I'm gutted right now that there's... Um, that, that, that there's no more screenings, that this is the last screen of this tonight, because I just walked straight back in and was like, me too. She's like, could we go and steal the digital copy, do you think? It's like, I don't think it works like that, but we could try. No, yeah, you'd have a, you'd have a hard time with that, I think. Uh, yeah, well, our audience... Um, go on, yeah, this should be interesting. Definitely not shit. 69%. How many votes? 13. Sweet, okay. That's Touching right. cloth, 8%. Yep. Shit, eight percent, and Geostorm, fifteen percent. Very good. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not the only mad bastard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, what yeah. I will say is very strange to give Michael Gracie his directorial debut to give him a musical starring Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron that costs eighty-five million dollars. Yeah. That's really strange. Yeah, it is. Because isn't he also set to direct the um, Elton John biopic, Rocket Man, with um, Justin Timberlake? I thought fucking... I thought the word was, oh, the Dexter Fletcher might be on that with Taron Egerton. Ah, that could be quite interesting. Taron Egerton as Elton John, I think, would actually be quite a good shout. I yeah. could see that. Yeah, I could, and, he, and he's a good actor as well. He's turning yeah. he, he's, he's a good character actor, so I could see that working. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, that fucking film. Like, I, 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 the thing is, my my audience seemed to be lapping up. There was a guy in my fucking row. I don't know whether he was pissed or whether he was just a fucking idiot. But whenever the, the bloody musical song started, every now and then he would just like circle his hands like like kind of like have his hands in front of him just kind of circling around each other and bopping along (laughs) i I don't know it was like he sounds like he might have had a drink yeah yeah it was really weird he'd just do that for like five seconds then stop but a couple of times in each of the songs it was like right if you're just drunk and having a good time then fair fucking play good on you (laughs) that's it isn't it I just like that fucking film, and I've got to say as well. Like I will say, Michelle Williams. I kind of felt bad for how little she actually had to do. 
She's got a good song and dance number at the beginning. I actually thought they were going to go through the whole film without her singing anything at one point, though. Because, like, Hugh Jackman is just singing all the fucking lines in that song, and then she gets, like, three lines. <laughs> she gets her own song. Oh, yeah, she did, didn't she? The fucking... My... My husband's shagging a psychotic redhead. It wouldn't. Ah, oh, she'd tell you Mrs. After, though. Be fine with it. Fuck it. Well, fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, last review. We're banging through these. Fair play. Um, our, even though I think I might pass out soon, so I don't know. I need to get on, I think. <laughs> um, Bright. It's David Ayer's Netflix original. It was a big old bidding war. Max Landis wrote the fucking screenplay and got paid like $3 million for the pleasure. Uh, Will Smith, Joel Edgerton, Numi Rapace, um, fucking Edgar Ramirez, others. Uh, so it's like, so it's set in LA. Will Smith's a cop. The first orc cop played by Joel Edgerton is his partner. Um, they uncover a magic wand and everyone wants the wand and they basically have to kind of survive the night. And Numi Rapace is the bad guy. Uh, so, Bright. Um, David Ayer is your boy. He is indeed. Think? It's a really fucking interesting movie, is what I'll say, in the sense that I love the fact that it just drops you into the world and states, right, this is the world, but it's completely different to the world. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't, there's no opening bit that explains and says, you know, thousands of years ago, orcs, it just, it basically just sets it all out that orcs, elves and fairies and all this lot have always coexisted with humans. And it just goes through that, and, and that's it. And, you know, the orcs are seen as a lower class, and the elves are essentially all of the upper class, and humans are kind of in the middle of all of this that's, that's going on. Um, the, 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 the the one thing, the brights thing, was a, was a clever idea in the fact that, you know, there's magic out there, and only certain people can do it, and only certain people who can do magic can hold a wand, and if you have a fucking wand, you can do fucking magic, and you can do anything with it and that's fucking dangerous and I liked I liked all of that however it's the only way this could have cost 84 million dollars is that yeah. what it is yeah 84 yeah, yeah, like 90 90 million dollars right the only way this has cost 90 million dollars is if Will Smith got paid a fuck ton to do it. Because it doesn't look like a $90 million movie. And let's let's be honest, let, let, let's, let's put this into perspective. $90 million nowadays, and so, so when people are saying, oh, it's Netflix's first blockbuster, fuck off. Blockbusters don't cost $90 million anymore. They cost $150 to $250 million. $90 million isn't it's just that's not that's not blockbuster fucking territory. The fucking Last Jedi cost what two hundred and twenty million. Mm. You know, all the Marvel movies cost one hundred and fifty million plus. So you could basically, for what it costs to make Thor Ragnarok, you could make Bright twice probably, in theory. So to label it as a blockbuster, it's a bit like yeah, if it was made five years ago, maybe. Yes, it's Netflix's biggest budget they've ever given to a film. I just don't think it could, you can quite tar it with the brush of, of Blockbuster because people are using it for some reason as a negative. And I'll get into the actual film here, but it, it, this baffles me, right? Netflix, right? And we've gone over it before. We're both big fans of Netflix. $10, dollars 10 pounds whatever it is. Not a lot of money a month, right? And I'm making this movie. It is a David Ayer movie. His movies have made quite a lot of money. Yeah. Some of them have been quite well received. 
the reason why Netflix have got in bed with him is because they're the ones that are on Netflix are always watched quite a lot. Yep. Right? So that's why David Ayer. Joel Edgerton is quietly he's in every movie ever made, somehow. Um, and Will Smith, no matter what, he's a big fucking star. Yeah. He might not have had a big fucking hit for years, but he's still a big fucking star. And so Netflix made this movie and they've put it out at Christmas, three days before Christmas, for fucking free. It's part of your subscription. You don't have to fucking pay for it. It's there. I, I'm really, really fucking struggling to see where this is, this is a bad thing. And it, 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 the, the idea of, yeah, well, think of all the other movies. They, could, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have made it. And do you know what? Do you know what? Netflix have still fucking given you a no fucking bound back fucking movie and next year they're giving you a fucking Duncan Jones movie. So don't cut with that fucking bullshit of I don't know why they spent 90 million on this when they could have... They fucking give you all that shit. You get your fucking house of cards. You get all of your fucking TV shows that you fucking love. They give you money. They give you all this and they've gone, fuck it, we want to try making a big action movie. And they've done it and do you know what? It's fine. It's all right. It's bright. I was entertained enough by it. Yes, it's flawed. Uh, yes, it doesn't look like it costs $90 million. But I always think that Netflix movies look a little bit not quite cinematic enough, which could just be because I'm watching them on Netflix. So there is always that. But there's some fucking great visuals in it. There's... I think Will Smith is is fine in it. He, he gets to do the charismatic Will Smith bit. I, I I think he's he's one step above turning up Will Smith and just turning up and going, I'm here, give me my lines. He's one step above that. He seems to actually kind of he has a bit of a relationship with David Ayer. Joe Edgerton's very good. The world building I, I, I enjoyed. So yeah, I think it's it, it's a good film. Not a great film, but it's a solid movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was alright. And just to your point on Netflix, there, I mean, you know, they fucking released Angelina Jolie's Cambodian yep. thing. First, they killed my father, and no one fucking watched it. So, yep. you know, I don't know. I mean, fuck, man, they did Ocha this year. You know, they're fine. Fuck um, it, what Ocha? Yeah. It, it just, yeah, I, I don't get it either. It's just like, well, you know, you're complaining about Netflix. You're still paying the fucking subscription, aren't you? So you can talk about all the TV. You know, you can't, can't have uh, it both ways. And the amount of people that I saw saying, ugh, might as well give Bright a go. It's like, do you know what? Don't. You're the dumbass. All the other things on Netflix, are you going to watch that and complain about having to watch it? Well, there, Fuck there's you. that as well. It's like, look, if you don't want them to make stuff like Bright, don't actually give them the don't analytics saying that you're fucking watching it. And also, and while you're doing that, right, don't watch it, but also, don't fucking go on and tell people to not fucking watch it so they don't make stuff like fucking Bright because you don't agree with it. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> this, the, the whole thing around Bright, it just it it pointed to the worst fucking type of fucking film snobs we get in the fact is that this is a David Ayer movie I don't know what they've got against Will Smith I can see what they might have against David Ayer because he doesn't make the type of movies that that, that cinephiles and I'm doing bad for yeah, podcasting yeah. but I'm doing that thing, the, the, the bunny ears thing that cinephiles like. Now, I count myself as a cinephile. I'm not a prick, but I count myself as a cinephile, and I fucking love sabotage. I fucking love it. Despite no, the fact that no, I can no, destroy no. the entire movie Let's with one fucking line Let's in the sense of... Pardon? Let's not do this. I don't want to talk about sabotage. You do. You should. It's fantastic. No, I don't. Despite the fact that if all the money blew up, how do they know they stole it? Fuck's sake. Anyway, anyway, but bright, it, it's it, it's a it's it's fuck, it's got some interesting shit going on there. Yeah, no, I mean it's sorry, two six, is she down? Yes. Yeah, okay, excellent. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's fine. You know, like, like you say, it's. I think it's kind of messy. Um, mm. You know, it spends like its first bird being a very blunt kind of thing about race relations. Um, and then yep. it has to introduce these fantastical elements and it become, kind of becomes a one crazy night kind of a thing. Um, and then it, I, yeah, I mean, like the whole kind of production value thing. I mean, like the, the, the climactic action sequence basically takes place by someone's pool. Yeah. You know, it, it's, yeah. How this costs that much money, I, it, 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 again, it is Will Smith basically got a quarter of the budget yeah. himself, you know, you know, like straight up. Because obviously they're not going to get anything on the back end. So, you know, which a lot of these deals are these days. Like, you know, Marvel, it's their whole thing of like, well, yeah. we won't give you much to start with. But, you know, going forward, we'll give you more and we'll give you a piece of the back end. That's like Downey Jr. made a, makes a fuckload off the films because that's how he has his deal structured. With Netflix, they can't really do that, can they? It's basically, here's your fee, and I suppose for every, like, 10 million streams we get, maybe you'll get a bit more or something. But it's I, think, I, I, think it literally, I think it literally is just... It's just going to be it. up front. It, yeah, it's, yeah it, it's just... It's, it's up front and it's everything like that. And I think... I remember reading it, it was the... Um, one of the people from Netflix was, was saying, it literally is so that we can say, right... You get paid this much, and this film costs this much to make, and we can go when something we've, we've made something, and we go, that's it, it's done, it's then, that's it, that's paid for, and it's on Netflix for all time. Yeah, there you go. So, and we can kind of do that. We don't then have to keep paying for it for 20 years. No, quite. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and I, I think the, the film has a admirable dedication to practical makeup effects. Um, yep. You know, it's. Um, uh, Alec Gillis and uh, Tom Woodruff Jr., who are like these makeup guys who have been around for decades now. Um, they, um, I mean, fuck, they did. I think they did the the Alien work on Alien Three, so they, they they've been around for a good long time. Um, and um, you know, I think that stuff looks great. I mean, um, Joel Edgerton's like makeup job is fucking fantastic. Um, but you know, the whole the actual story of the film. I, I think let's let's the side down really. I mean, yeah. the, like, why are they part of a prophecy? Um, you know, it, it, it kind of like is that like they're trying to set things up for sequels or something where you might learn more about that really? Um, you know, I, I think Numi Rapace basically gets nothing to do. Um, it was kind of weird how they cast her for such a really really nothing role. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So. I, you know, it, 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 it's got plenty of problems as bright. It, it's too long as well. I mean, fuck, man. It's nearly two hours long and it does not need to be. Um, no, it, do, it doesn't. But I, I, I'll be honest. I think, I, I agree. I, I think its problems are it's it's underwritten, certainly. But then again, let's be honest. Is Max Landis that good a writer? Well, no. I mean, that's the thing. He's not. Um and because it, it made me laugh, because it was like, he did a tweet which um, he deleted, basically saying that he felt this was his Star Wars, and he was really excited about it when he wrote it a couple of years back. And it was like, "Fuck it, are you serious?" Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun time. If I saw it in the cinema with my unlimited card, I wouldn't feel ripped off. I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel stunned by it, but I wouldn't feel ripped off. Um, but yeah, I don't, it didn't need to cost as much as it did. Um, I do wonder if that's a little bit of, uh, naivety on Netflix's side of basically going, oh shit, we got Will Smith. We've got someone who direct, who's directing Suicide Squad. Yeah, we'll chuck a bunch of money at them and maybe they didn't really need to. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. Excuse me. Sorry about all the no. nose well, the thing is, and whatnot. I, I watched it on a on a Tuesday night um, on Netflix at home. It's perfectly fine for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. I mean, like it was Dolby Vision 4K looked good. Oh, I bet you it looked nice in 4K actually. Yeah, no, it did. Yeah, and you know, absolutely fine. No, no issue with that whatsoever. It's um, it's yeah. mid-level David Ayer, is what I'd say. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, it's not as good fair. as he's, as when he's very, very good. It's 
the thing is with this movie, it's it's not very much like Suicide Squad, and I think they tried to kind of almost bill it a little bit like that. It was stylistic as there. It it's got more in kin with End of Watch and Street Kings, I would say, than um, than, than Suicide Squad. Yeah, for sure. Um, the buddy cop element of uh, of Will Smith and Joel Edgerton, and also I think the the fucking nighttime LA. Oh, the LA ness of it all for yeah, sure. Yeah, of Street Kings. Uh, that's there for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I don't. I'm not particularly bothered about a sequel. I'll never watch it again. But you know, yeah, it was you could fine. probably see me watching it again. To be honest. But it, it, like in about in a couple of years' time, again probably on like a late fucking Thursday night at some point when I go, fuck it, I'm gonna give it another go. Yeah, fair dues. Yeah, um, yeah, didn't hate it. You know, um, mild, definitely not shit for me. Um, yeah, I'm a definitely, not, I'm a definitely not shit on it. Um, our audience though, uh, definitely not shit. Twenty seven percent. Touching Cloth, 18%. Shit, 27%. And Geostorm, 28%. I'm glad Geostorm's being used. I, yeah. I'm a fan of this. So, yeah, I'm quite... I'm, I'm, yeah, wow. Um, on that note, I'm going to go to sleep. I don't blame you, mate. You do not sound well. Are you, are you off work tomorrow? Yeah, I'm not back in work till Tuesday, thankfully. So, oh. I, I, it, yeah, like it just my, I'm fucking my head's full of cold and I just feel out of it. So, apologies, but we we got it done, Mark. We got the pre-reviews done. We we got we got it there. Um, like I say, we we did plan to do a proper, full like normal kind of show, but a three-review show today, but. Yeah, this is about the, the the third different time we've tried to uh, we've we've arranged to record. Um, but my work um, has been an absolute nightmare this week, um, and then we've had technical difficulties and everything like that. So we will be back onto a, I think, a more level playing field. What what we're we covering next week? Well, well, the thing is, right next week we got Molly's game out on Monday, yeah. and then on Friday we've got both Hostiles and All the Money in the World. Shit. And then we've got to fit our end of year review show in at some point as well. I think we do that the week after next. I think we do that the week after next, yeah. yeah. How many of those are you going to see? I'll see all three. Do you know what? I might try and see all three. <laughs> I mean, Molly's game. I'm are they all out? I'm so sorry for the blowing out that's probably happening when I'm fucking blowing my nose there, folks. Molly's game's out on Monday, and then the other two are out on Friday. So... Well, I'll be seeing Molly's game Tuesday, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I can probably sneak across to the other two across those. I mean, yeah. like, if, if you can only get to one of them, it's cool. I'll catch one of the other ones, like, in the week, the week after or something. It's not the end of the world, like. Um, so, yeah. And then, well, like, the week after that, I think it's, like, the darkest hour and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And uh, Coco was previews that weekend as well, so I'll take lots to see that, so... Um, yeah, it's a busy, it's a busy few weeks. A busy few yeah. weeks. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, again, apologies for a short show, but but we just wanted to get something out there. Yeah, my my boy's got to eat. I got to sleep. <laughs> Speak to you soon, guys. Bye bye.